So, retrospectors, what historical events are we ticking off on this week's run of Today in History? Well, on Monday, it's the anniversary of kids' classic, The Very Hungry Caterpillar. On Tuesday, how Rockford became the cheese of kings. On Wednesday, we meet the Jobs and Wozniak of the 1800s. On Thursday, the history of the YMCA, from the City of London to the village people. And on Friday, the edgy musical that made Greece the word. We discuss this and more on Today in History with the Retrospectors. Ten minutes each weekday, wherever you get your podcasts. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next? Last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry. Only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands. All hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help. From fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Welcome to For Formula One's Sake, the hot mess of F1 podcasts. Is that about Terry or me? I feel sick, Phil. <laughs> Welcome to For Formula One's Sake, puking into our helmets since 2015. It's like a fishbowl. I don't know, though. You say that, but it feels a lot better. I mean, better out than it, they say. Oh, just I just feel better. Welcome to For Formula One's Sake. Due to someone else's fuck-up, each section will be only 19 minutes long today. It should be 18 minutes. 18 minutes, because it was 18 laps. I thought I would just try to remember a number from memory. That's not my strong point, and I fucked up. You are Pirelli, and I claim my five pounds. Welcome to For Formula One's Sake. We won the championship when no one else was watching. I think some people were watching. Uh, Nobody was watching the sprint race. I watched the sprint race. No, you didn't, Phil. I'm sorry. I didn't. Welcome to For Formula One's Sake, the inevitable decline of a once great force. Is this, is this us again? Or? I mean, yes, <laughs> but it's a double meaning. Because it's both of us. It's both of us and Lewis Hamilton. Oh yes, okay. <laughs> Poor Lewis. Welcome to For Formula One's Sake, the podcast F1 deserves. I'm Drew Stern, and today we're bringing you the very essence of the Qatar Grand Prix. Yes, over the next hour or so, you will get uncomfortably hot, dizzy, and you'll likely be violently ill by the end. No other podcast gets you so close to F1 reality. If you can last that long, we'll discuss the brouhaha of Doha, touching on Max Verstappen's inevitable championship win, Sergio Perez's inevitable clusterfuck, and the two Mercedes drivers crashing into each other like it was Barcelona 20 whenever it was. Plus all sorts of other nuggets that may or may not have anything to do with racing. That's all to come. Joining me is a man who is leaving the country. It's Phil Tromans. Hello. I have not been abroad, I reckon, in at least two years, possibly three. 
but that changes Ooh. this month because I'm going abroad <gasps> not once, but twice. Where are you going? Where are you going? Where are you tell going? Where you Straight going? after this recording, which we're doing earlier than normal because of my travel itinerary, I am driving to Heathrow Airport Ooh. and I shall be going to Ooh. Germany. <gasps> That's where I am. Ooh. Yeah, but the other end of Germany. Which end? Munich end. Oh. For, and you know how long I'm there for? I fly out at uh, I fly at seven tomorrow morning, and I fly back at uh, six that same evening. So it's going to be Hang quite on, a short trip. <laughs> wait, 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 one of them. If, if you're flying at seven tomorrow morning, why are you driving to Heathrow on Monday afternoon? Because the flight is at seven in the morning, so I need to be there at like five in the morning, and Heathrow is a bit of a drive away. So Can't I'm getting a hotel there the night before. Oh, I could, or I could you? just get a hotel there the night before that somebody else is paying oh. for. You're very fancy. Oh, is it a work thing then? Yeah, it's a work thing. No, Why I'm just going, going to Munich for the day for fun to drive a Ford Transit van. Okay, yeah, now, now I realise that, yeah, you wouldn't be doing a holiday for 12 hours. Much as I like Munich, it's it's one of my favourite German cities. Um, yeah, Fuck that you! A little bit but then I come back and then I'm going on holiday. First foreign holiday in four Where are you years. going? Madeira. Ooh. Oh. Home she of went she went of her own accord. <laughs> but also, Phil, if I may, and I can't remember, did we mention this in the last podcast, but you look a little bit different. Oh, we didn't, because you haven't seen me since the last podcast. And I don't think different. we mentioned it on air, of what was happening. No. Would you like to tell the listeners why you look different to me? Yes, I've had a sex change. <laughs> You're now a man. Oh, God. <laughs> oh. Uh, I've had my hair cut, which is going to mean absolutely nothing to most people because they never normally see me. But I had quite long hair up until a week ago, and now I've had most of it chopped off. Let's just say Phil has been looking like a, a hippie for the last two what? years, and the second he cuts his hair, he gets a job in Munich. <laughs> I mean, you say you say hippie, I say you know Thor, maybe. Oh, there's a wasp in my room. John, John Thor, <laughs> John Thor. <laughs> <laughs> There's genuinely a wasp in my room. I'm just going to open the window. <laughs> there's a spider. Okay. There's a scary spider in my bathroom. I don't care about the spiders. Wasps. I got stomped by a wasp this week. Fucking wankers. Anyway, oh, but no, there was sorry. A... Sorry, one second. It's fine. A scary spider just came out of my washing, and it scared me enough that I've just put it under a glass. I hope it's still there when I get back. I feel like last time I was on the podcast, you were talking about spiders as well, except that was one on the train. Oh, my God, you're right. Oh, my God. Berlin is littered with spiders. That's two. <laughs> two what in is, four weeks. What is Phil doing to that, that wasp? <laughs> <laughs> what was that, Phil? Must be getting rid of the wasp. Was How it, do you get rid of wasps? the loudest thing? Was it a one-man band? <laughs> Did he have a drum on his back <laughs> did he fly through your symbols i mean what was it Sorry. i was putting my hand through the blinds which are down just to try and open the window and shoo it out i'm not surprised they're down if you touch them like that are the blinds inside your microphone <laughs> yes what it sounded like anyway and beside him is a man who is soon to leave the country it's terry saunders i'm going on a holiday <gasps> wow you're not coming to madeira are you no but i've just booked the flights today and i am flying via munich <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. You should come on the uh, Ford Transit custom launch. I would love to, but instead, I will be going to, wait for it, Miami. Oh, bienvenida in Miami. Yeah, and I, and I just thought, oh, there's an American Grand Prix coming up. I wonder if I'm in Miami for that. Are you going to be at the Dolphin Stadium going, guys, <laughs> oh, where are you? Grand Prix was in May, apparently. <laughs> no, I'm flying out with my 
partner to meet her family. Nothing oh, huge, huge that sounds serious. It does, doesn't it? <laughs> so, yeah. How very exciting. You'll have to report live. Not live. That would be way too logistically challenging. You'll have to report from Miami and tell us what it's like ahead of next year's Miami Grand Prix. Well, I think, ironically, I think I'm flying out on the day of the the Texas Grand Prix. <laughs> <laughs> so, as ever, FF1S, journalistic integrity, <laughs> straight up there. As an aside, to maybe or maybe not keep in, that means that our US Grand Prix is going to be really difficult to do because both of us will be out of the country. I'm up for Our it. respective countries. That'd be Drew and Ollie then. <laughs> God. Get che- Let's get Chica in for one. Uh, Drew and Ollie, and we'll just find out. We'll see what we? happens. It's me and Phil holding this podcast back. <laughs> do it old school. Just throw in a repeat of a previous oh, year and see if anyone idea. notices. We do that quite often, to be fair. <laughs> just- You've caught me out once or twice <laughs> in the past with that. Drew, welcome back. Thanks for joining us. What have Hello. you been? No, what have you been doing? Where are you? Where are you going? You must be going somewhere, surely. Uh, well, yeah, I'm, I am. I'm also going on a holiday in a couple of weeks. I'm going to. I'm going to Morocco. Ooh. I actually booked it about a week before the earthquake hit, um, but it all seems to be under control now. So I'm looking forward to heading back there. But uh, yeah, that will be. Uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to. Being yeah, they, they I'd, best um, to put it all together before you turn up because you've got standards. So wait a minute. <laughs> We're all going away to somewhere that begins with an M. Think <sighs> about it. I'm going to two places that begin with an M. Munich. Yeah. Wherever Munich, you said. Madeira. Madeira Miami. Morocco. Miami, Morocco. Madeira. Where are you going in Miami. Morocco? Marrakech. Oh, <laughs> it works in so many ways. What does this mean? What does it mean? I'll be listening to M&M while eating M&Ms. I'll be meeting my partner's mother. <laughs> What's her name? And enjoying her food going, don't know. Mm. Brilliant. That's all worked out tremendously. What a segment. Here comes Listener's Corner, which has been brought 80 centimetres closer for this episode. And if you go over that line, then we will fuck you up. There is much talk about Qatar, but let's start with the tyres. It was like olden times in Indianapolis and Pirelli warned that the tyres might explode if they do more than 18 laps. So everyone had to pit more often. Was that a good thing? Joshua Jake Stewart says... Driver saying it was nice to drive flat out all race for a change? Uh, shouldn't they be doing that normally? I can't stand tyre management. Dixon Cox says, They've just resurfaced my road too, but you don't see me having to change my tyres every 20 minutes, do you? Ryan Chapman says, More pit stops do not make a better race. Same results, just more confusion about where the drivers are really are during the race. Jamal McClough says, imagine what a mandatory three-stop race would be like at a good circuit. Right. Discuss. So, so before we talk about the race, can I talk about some personal issues? Because this is where I air my grievances. Sure. Um, <laughs> my partner, who I'm going to see her family in Miami, we've, we've known each other for a couple of years, but we've been going out properly for a few months, let's say, maybe a bit more. And um, she sat and watched the race with me on Sunday. It's the first time she's done that. Ooh. She, she what, doesn't, with you or just a, a race generally? She, I mean, her dad, who I'm going to meet, likes Formula One. That's a good okay. way to get in. I'm, I'm happy about that, I can tell you. Oh, God, when there's awkward silences, I can just bring up like... Oh, Pierluigi Martini. Well, no, Juan Pablo Montoya, because their oh. family surname is also Montoya. So you know, Oh, this works they're out from, brilliantly. They're from Colombia, so I just pretend I like Montoya and hope they never oh. listen to any of my old podcasts. Uh, <laughs> Oh, lovely to meet you. Do you know who I like? Fat drivers. Yeah. Oh, did he? He broke his arm, didn't he? Um, 
so the problem I had is that uh, I we, we had a busy weekend, and I honestly I, I didn't watch the sprint race live, and I hadn't really kept up with any news, and I didn't know about this tires thing. So then we're watching the race, and she said, "Oh, so what's happening?" And I'm like, "Oh, you know, like pit stops go, you know, they have a certain thing." And then she said, "Oh, but the commentator just said they've they've got to stop within two laps." And I was like, "Oh, no, 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 they don't have to. They always say this thing, you know." That this is how long they think the tyres are going to last. And I was getting quite kind of Mansellini patronising. And then I realised that something was wrong because this race was really fucking confusing. And she was like, what's going on? And I'm like, do you know what? I don't know. <laughs> and she's like, I thought you did a podcast for like 20 years. I'm like, I do. <laughs> I haven't got a fucking clue what's going on. <laughs> you can't look away for a minute in this sport. You look away for a second and they'll change the rules or bring in a new weird rule because one of the teams involved in sorting out the tyres hasn't done their homework properly or something because this was all yeah. caused by them resurfacing the track apparently with like skateboard grip tape or something it would seem so now the tyres will it looked slick just it looked wet it did the, the surface it looked so shiny it looked dodgy. but presumably the exact opposite was the problem and it was this so grippy that it tore the tyres apart i don't know how it works i don't know how physics work but the tyres wouldn't last and it was essentially, oh, cause, and it, was, it was Indianapolis 2005 all over again. New tracks tend to be more slippery than old tracks, in the same way that a track gets better over the course of a race weekend because it rubbers in. Because they haven't in. rubbered in. This track is, hasn't rubbered in at all. So it's the sliding um, of the tyres that causes increased degradation. So it was too slippery. Or yes. not slippery enough. Why didn't they just put some sand on it? Well, they did, which I think caused separate problems. <laughs> I mean, I say they, nature, provided the sand from the desert in which the Well, maybe we shouldn't be racing in fucking Qatar. <laughs> also, it's Qatar, but, you know, lay you off. <laughs> I, I actually thought it did make a nice change, as, um, as Joshua said, to, uh, to have them all going absolutely hell for leather. There was no tyre saving. They were just like, right, hard as you can. Go, 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 go. And then we'll just change well, the tyres and get some Despite all those, all those pit changes, there was actually some of the fastest pit changes we've seen since the bigger tyres came in as yeah, well. So McLaren, really going for McLaren it. got 1.8 seconds, which is, is that faster than Red Bull yeah. have managed in the past? Is that a new record? Apparently so. It's the fastest with these new tyres. With the bigger yeah. wheels, yeah, with like the 19-inch yeah. wheels. Oh, I mean, I won ever. That's the only record I'm interested in. But also, do you know what? And also, can I? I'm, I'm just going to talk about my love life today. But it's not even Christmas. But um, it's amazing how jaded you can get watching Formula One for forty years. <laughs> no, 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 no. Well, yes. But like, she was genuinely impressed with the pit stops to a point that I kind of forgot how impressive they are. Were you sitting there going, "No, that was two point yeah. eight seconds. That was shit." Yeah. Because I was like, oh, that was a bit slow. And she was like, what do you mean? I was like, yeah, it's two seconds. And she was like, what they, what do they do in two seconds? Because she's like, blinkity missy. And I was like, they changed all four tyres. And I was like, and she was like, that's good. And I was like, yeah, if you think about it, it's quite impressive. It's all right. It? <laughs> it's all right if you're easily impressed, I suppose. <sighs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sorry, I just coughed and I forgot to press the button. Because I was too busy coughing. <laughs> that cough took longer than the McLaren pit stop. <laughs> it is worth... Re- can you imagine? It, it is worth remembering that two seconds is very short for anything. I can't do anything in two seconds. <laughs> well, I've heard that's not true. Hey, yet. Hey, <laughs> what would happen if when the car comes in and you're on one of the tyres and you sneeze the moment it arrives? 
Well, you'd be sneezing into your helmet, and you just better hope that you're taking the tyre off and not putting it on. I'd like to see that happen. I'd like to see every single mechanic sneeze at the same time when a car comes in and see what happens. So maybe when the previous car comes in, they should learn just like put a little pepper on it. <laughs> it fills the pit lane with pepper. Is this, like this is what we're going to... So because you know some of, the, some of the, the pit guys from the other teams, like they help out by like pulling, pulling their rigs out the way when cars come into the pits. Uh, if their pit stops next to the one that's coming in, maybe they should do that. But as they do it, they just sort of release a special sneeze gas. This is all great ideas. I think Pretty marginal sure games. That's banned under the Geneva. Is it? Is sneeze gas banned? Chem- it's chemical weapon, really, isn't it? I mean, where, when does a gas become a weapon? That's that's the fine line of the regulations. You've got to sort of dance around. I think. Yeah. Ron Dennis would have found something by now. I'm sure. While there was a lot of on-track action to talk about, the conditions in Qatar should get a mention too. Logan Sargent had to retire from the race as he fell ill, while Esteban Ocon puked in his helmet. Several other drivers also reported being ill as a result of the heat. Luke Wilmot asks, How much coke did Lance Stroll do after he got out of the car? Look at his post-race interview. It might also explain his temper after quali too. Alison Brooker says, Can someone remind Logan can't take the heat sergeant that he's from texas texas he was racing against blokes from scandinavia and britain for fuck's sake although i suppose the conditions would have been similar to bottas's sauna i love the fact that we're actually being kind of like well it did look like it was quite harsh in the conditions and all our listeners are just going these guys are wimps they're probably on coke (sighs) i come i don't know where i come down on this I mean, I will say, my state of F1 is going to be about this subject, so we can oh. go into more detail later. But just just show of how, well, let, let's just go around the room, right? When you first heard that Logan Sargent was going to pull out because he was ill, did you feel sorry for him or did you find that funny? Phil? Can I say both? No, you've got to pick one. Um, I mean, it was pretty funny, but then I'm okay. jaded and have no soul. Drew? Well, I, I thought it was indicative that the the person who we probably rank as the least experienced and the least skilled was also the one who gave up under the exact same circumstances as everyone else. Mm. So I thought it was although kind of he funny. had apparently been ill earlier as well, earlier in the week. Well, no, they said when they talked about it during the race, yeah, they asked, you know, "Was he fine before?" They said, "Yeah, he was absolutely well, fine." Of course, they say that, wouldn't they? So before, they're not going to say no, but no. Even- we, we're really worried that he might die. <laughs> He even kind of laughed about it, though, didn't he? he was like, <laughs> no, he was fine before. <laughs> no, I'm a death stall. <laughs> but, um, but that's the team realising they'd prefer to get the car back in one piece. Well, they shouldn't have given it to Logan Sargent in the first place, then, should they? <laughs> but it was a very strange thing, because I think it was Corinne Chandok on the commentary was like, yeah, because obviously if he faked, he could crash the car, that could be very expensive for the team. And you're like, yeah, but no one else is... I mean, everyone's saying they're ill, but like, no, I, mean, I, I, I don't know. I feel... I felt for him when he got out of the car because you could tell, like, the embarrassment. I mean, I'm not saying he was thinking of us, but he's probably thinking, oh, those three dicks on that podcast are going to take the piss out of me now. <laughs> and I'm sure he felt properly, like, properly sick. I'm not going to say that. I yeah, well, I had heat stroke, apparently, yeah. Yeah. But also, I don't know. I don't want to get on that kind of Facebook nostalgia thing of like you know back in the day you know bin mans and we all used mansell collapsing on his own wheel roll hoops and everything in the the yard with a stick 
But yeah, uh, you know, the, the, the drivers used to, in hot races, push the car across the line because they'd run out of fuel. <laughs> and and everyone went, yeah. and, and they collapse and get real, <laughs> sure. really quite bad um, physical injuries from it. Yeah. But I don't know, it did feel more a little. <laughs> it did feel <laughs> a little. But did they used to race in the desert? There, well, there's well, been desert races before. They used to race in, uh, in Libya and I think in Syria. And there was a certain, non-championship yeah. race in Dubai back in the day. And there's certainly been some mm. deserted races. I think, and I was going to say, the best, the best I heard was Lance Stroll after the race saying that he was passing out in the corners, which I don't know why. <laughs> just Can you imagine him just getting to the straight and going, <laughs> what the fuck just happened? Where are you? <laughs> <laughs> the fuck am I? Oh shit! Oh yeah! Here comes another corner. <laughs> I want to see. If, if anything, it's quite impressive if he kept going at all. <laughs> if he was feeling that bad, I mean, driving an F1 car is extremely difficult all the time. So doing it if you're on the brink of passing out is quite impressive. It does, as somebody, uh, you know, uh, not a weird flex, but uh, somebody with experience of that region throughout the year, because I used to live out there. It does get really, really hot. And I did slightly wonder when they announced when the race would be. It's like October is about the time when it starts to get less awful. Because basically it's insanely hot and humid all the way through the summer. And then around October it starts to cool down. Then by sort of November, December it's actually really nice. Which is why Yas Marina is always at the end of the year. And Saudi is at the beginning of the year before it gets hot again. So this just seemed like something that they could easily have foreseen by looking at the weather forecast. Well, it seems, Phil, that you are the only person with any kind of involvement in F1, no matter how tangentially, to have ever been to the Middle East. <laughs> this, it does seem that way. Um, uh, I did a 24-hour kart race in July in Dubai years ago, and it was really horrible and hot and nasty. So, uh, you know. Outdoors? Yes. Did you uh, throw up in your God. helmet? No, because I, you know, cause I'm proper hard me, but... Um, I can imagine it's. Were you racing in full overalls? Yeah, full overall. Oh, I did have the helmet cracked open a bit because it was pretty warm, but I was very sweaty. I lost a good couple of kilos in sweat, and uh, and didn't win. That's the thing. I think they they were trying to make very clear is that not only is it super super hot, and when you're travelling hot, the air hitting you oh, is yeah, super yeah. super hot. You're you're wearing full, effectively two layers of thermal. Yes, clothes they would have been wearing more more kit definitely. Uh, and yeah, like you, you yeah. can open the visor to get air in, but it is like then it's just like somebody's flying a hairdryer in your face. So it's not, it's not like you're getting a nice cool breeze. So it probably was. And apparently, the water brutal. you drink is like tea. Yes, it's like it, it's almost a, like warm tea. So to which the obvious exactly question, I, I, I'm sure I heard somebody else say this is like why don't why not just have tea in your in your water bottle? The tea leaves are extra yeah. weight. Oh, there is <laughs> that. Well, you take the tea leaves out before you put it in, otherwise it'll stew. Come on, Drew, this is basic stuff. Three minutes, then <laughs> you put it, it in the cup. Performance enhancing drug. <laughs> you know that some team have actually sent people out to work out the best, aero, most aero efficient tea they can put in the car. Can't have a team without tea. Oh, but can we also talk about? Our favourite driver, Fernando Alonso, who had his poor little body burnt. Um, oh, yes. By, uh, like all our favourite drivers. Now, the thing about this is, and again, we're, we're, you know, we're talking about what they said in the commentary, so probably a lot of people would have heard this too, but when Alonso said, it's really hot in here, can someone pour a bottle of water on me at the pit stops? And then I think it's David Croft was there going, 
But the pit stop's already two seconds long. Look, I can spit at you and that's about it. So all I can think is just that, 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 you know, when... Have you ever been to Victoria Coach Station? Yes. And you know they've got that kind of constant water spray where the coaches come in? No. Have you ever noticed that? No. Where the coaches come in, there's a spray of water into the garage that sprays like alongside the kind of garage which the buses pass through. And I used to go to coach station all the time when I was poor. And I I never knew what that was. I thought it was like, is it disinfecting the buses? Like, where the fuck have they been? And apparently it's used as a deterrent to stop people wandering into the garage by mistake because they have to walk past a jet of water. But all I can think oh. of, that's the only way they should just have like a car wash installed <laughs> with a hose. Just like, if you had a hose, they would have had time to do this. One of them gets a hose out and just aims it up in a kind of arc to where the cockpit will be when he stops. He just drives into it. And he just drives into with his it. Visor like up. A, that's a good yeah. idea. I mean, my, my thinking was it's essentially it's just bringing back refueling. It's that instead of a fuel hose, you get two guys just bringing like an industrial fire hose to the side of his head and just opening it for two seconds, and then he drives <laughs> off. Or could all the people that Alonso is pissed off that are still working in the F1 paddock just be like, oh, no, 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 I'll have a go, and they just piss in a bucket. <laughs> Oh, in a bucket. I mean, that seems like it's one step too far. Why not, you know, straight from the source? Oh, wait, when he comes in for his pit stop and there's like 10 people from various teams all just pissing where he's about to stop. Exactly. And he knows he has to... <laughs> if he wants to change his tyres, he's got to get pissed on. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think they have the golden winner. boot. Etc. <laughs> <laughs> etc. Et the golden helmet, yeah. In other news, let's get ready to welcome Andretti Cadillac to the F1 grid. The FIA has given its approval to the bid for a new American team to join F1, having satisfied all the necessary criteria. So that's that, right? Yes. <laughs> this is so, so gloriously Formula One. I love it. Can you explain this, Phil? I can have a go. I mean, I, I can have a understand. crack. I think between us, we'll, we'll, okay. we'll give people entirely the wrong message, but it might be, might be amusing. So... In order to get a new team in Formula One, there are a set of written-down criteria. Basically, the FIA has some written-down criteria, and then Formula One, by which I mean the teams and Liberty Media, which may or may not now still be called Formula One Management, is it? I don't know. Anyway, Formula One, this sort of unit, they have criteria that they want. And it's all written down, and you have to sort of satisfy. Can I I start with that? I presume that by having FIA and Formula 1 having their own criteria, they put it all into one pot and test everything at once and give approval together, yeah? What? No? What? No, that's a crazy sense. idea. No, 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 they've, they've made it long and drawn out and, and vague and, and difficult to understand, obviously. Come on, Terry. Um, so, several teams, not just Andretti, several teams said, hey, I quite fancy being in F1. And some of them were relatively uh, relatively good at racing cars. They included high tech, who've got like teams in um, in lower formula, not the old trainer makers from the nineties, uh, and low. various other people who maybe were a little bit there. And anyway, there was Andretti Cadillac, and four or five of these teams sent their applications into the FIA, and the FIA looked at everything and they looked at the list of criteria and they went tick 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 tick. Andretti, you've got everything you need. You've got the backing of a major OEM in General Motors with Cadillac. Great. All it has to be done. All that has to be done now is for it to be rubber stamped by Formula One, by which we mean the teams. Essentially, the trouble is, 
that the teams do not want another team. Um, but why is that? Is it because the, the, they might bring the sport into disrepute? Is it because, I don't know, they've got safety concerns? Is that the reason? Any other reason? I mean, those would be valid concerns. But no, it's about money, obviously. Um, because at the moment, there is a pot of cash from Formula One that comes to the teams and is divvied up between them, depending on who does well. And if another team comes in, that same amount of money, theoretically, has to be divvied up more so the teams get less. Never mind the fact that under the rules of Formula One at the moment, it says you can have up to 12 teams. We just have 10 at the moment, but you can have up to 12 under the current rules. And the get, teams not all... Sorry, not to get too Spinal Tappy yet, but surely if it goes to 11, that's more money for everyone, because <laughs> 11's won more than 10. Well, the, 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 the crossover is, can the addition of a new team bring in extra cash to make up for the fact that they are diluting the... Um, the overall pot um and that will be the test that i think the teams will be applying they want to be convinced that andretti arriving will bring such a boost let's say to the american market by having an american team and an american engine manufacturer suddenly the appeal will be much bigger more money will come into the organization that will more than make up for the fact that they're taking x number of hundred million away from the other teams now there is already a level of basically a new team coming in has to pay i think 200 million to just apply and just join which is essentially an anti-dilution fund that they just give to the other teams to sort of say sorry we're taking your slice of the pie but now and that was all agreed and written down but now the teams have thought well we thought about it and we think it's not enough we want like a billion now which is a bit too late so the problem we've got here is that it's a complete disconnect between the fia and the F1 and the teams, and one is saying, four teams, great, these guys are fine, they've done everything they need to, we've checked it in lots of detail, over to you guys to rubber stamp it, and now the teams are in a position where they're going to have to either suck it up and let them in, or look like absolute arse bags, just saying no, because we love our money too much. Well, I think I can guess which way this is going to go. <laughs> the arse bags are going to look like total cunts, and I just, I mean, just even the word dilution is offensive isn't it it's just imagine if you got a job and they were like well well done hello drew thank you you've got the job um just before you start we just want to check that you're not going to dilute our company and could you maybe just pay us <laughs> for the first year just in case <laughs> yeah we'd be just delighted to welcome you as a graphic designer but you're going to have to give us uh twenty five thousand euros before we'll let you in <laughs> stupid oh it's so stupid and i hate the teams for this I love it because it's funny, but I hate just this stupidity of going, oh, you know, it just makes for a protection racket, doesn't it? It's just like, oh, yeah. you know, oh, yeah, you can, yeah, of course you can come in, but you've got to pay us protection like the Cray Twins, you know. Oh, this this goes back, is he, from a few episodes ago. <laughs> you can say a few episodes, Phil, I've been doing this for years. <laughs> I'd be ashamed if something was to happen to your team, wouldn't it? Oh, yeah, if I turn my back and then when I turn back around, your garage is on fire. Oh, I just thought it was... I mean, I wouldn't start that kind of beef with somebody with an Italian surname, so that's the how that goes. Mr. Andretti. Is there a split? Oh, Andretti. Is there a split between how the different teams are responding to it, whether the teams at the bottom of the grid are more or less against it? I mean, having a team come in that you're almost guaranteed to beat out of the gate, um, is that not positive or are they not being seen like that? No, it's not being seen like that. No, because Formula One's all about paranoia because they think they're going to... Because at one side, Formula One say, look, we don't think they're ready. They're all talk, you know. 
yes, Cadillac have said they're joining, but they've not said they're not making engines yet, and they're being a bit wishy-washy about it. And Andretti, you know, last time Andretti was in Ford One, it was embarrassing. So you know, they're going to come in and be shit. But also, if they come in and they're good, we don't want to lose our money. So we don't. What what if they're really good and we lose all our money? We don't want to lose our money, but they're going to be shit. But what if they're good? <laughs> What's been stupid about this is that the teams have been consistently shifting the goalposts when it comes to the argument. Because for years, this has been an argument against previous teams. And in fairness, you know, they sort of had their fingers burned by the likes of HRT and Mana and all that lot coming in and, and the various different Lotuses coming in and not being very good. So there were stringent criteria yeah, applied but- to try and avoid that happening again. But then... Andretti have come in and it's like, look, we've got tons of experience racing and all sorts of different things. We've got a major OEM car manufacturer backing us. We've done everything you've asked for. We've got all the money. We've put tens of millions into it already. We're ready. Let us in. But also, don't forget, HRT and everyone failing was mainly because of the teams as well, because there was talk of a budget cap then. And all these teams came in going, okay, well, when we when we start in a few years, there'll be this budget cap. And then all the teams went, no, we don't want a budget cap. We <laughs> no, got that's true. lots of money. <laughs> that is true. And then they, they, uh, I seem to remember there were other teams in that whole period. There were other teams that, that were sort of on the way and never made it, like Stefan GP and USGP. USF1. Another, Yeah, USF1. That's the one that, that was basically just Peter Windsor in a shed, as far as I remember. Um, and an American flag. <laughs> yes. So... I suspect this is going to drag on and on and involve court cases. And also, I mean, the other thing is, just just to put a tender in for this, it's going to cost a fucking fortune. Oh, Maybe they'll the have spent have millions that. already. Yeah. yeah. And if they're coming in for 2026, which sounds like a long time, but we're all getting on a bit. The years fly by, don't they? They do. Um, the, they're going to need to kind of know pretty soonish if they're actually going to be building a car. Yeah, it yeah, takes a while to build a car. It does. Got to find all the parts. Yeah, got to go down to Halfords and Euro car parts. You know when you could do any DIY, and you think you do it all in one trip, but you've always got to go back. Yeah. <laughs> then you finally got the wrong bit, and you're like, oh, what do you mean there's 15 different types of sealant? Well, I'll tell you now. Tell us but, how wrong. Uh, but no, before I tell you now, you tried going, doing that in German. Because I tell you what, my my German is you know okay, by which it's terrible. But it's, you know, I can recognize I can recognize words and look them up. But in a DIY shop, they use words that you don't get anywhere else, and it's the most Ooh. bewildering place in the fucking world. There, that's my little. Brother. I bet there's some super long words at the DIY shop. Oh my god! They just like, merge them all together. The shelves are longer because they've got to fit the labels on. That's. <laughs> <laughs> The small metal screw that is used to put on the back of a cabinet in the north. All one word. <laughs> Tell us how wrong we are. You can tweet us at for F1 sake or find us on Facebook where we're for F1 sake or email us at wrong at ff1s.com where you can also leave us a team review. Just email a voice note to wrong at ff1s.com. Alternatively, if you think we're right, then why not buy us a beer and support the making of this podcast? That's what Natalia Sidorenko did, who said, wanted to thank Terry for an explosive diarrhea I had in the office a few months ago after listening to his story about eating expired butter and shitting himself for a week. Luckily, they laid off lots of people, so there was no one to hear me shit. Right. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hang on, on one minute. I, look, look, look. The food poisoning was pretty bad, but I don't think you can contract it orally. <laughs> With an A. <laughs> oh, that makes it sound like a human sentence. That's horrible. Orally with an A, Drew. 
I've, I've got so many questions. <laughs> so many questions. I mean, but none of none of which I want the answers to. So that mean, hmm. does that mean there are people in the world that when they hear about someone having diarrhea, it gives them diarrhea? Isn't this essentially we, the superpower that you wanted not that long ago? Because <laughs> yeah. we should start putting warnings on this podcast, like, you know, strobe lights at a show. This podcast includes <laughs> graphic depiction. Notes yeah. in it. <laughs> you, may, you may find yourself... <laughs> if you are prone to diarrhea, turn off your headphones now. Or no, it should just be... Uh, just, ladies and gentlemen, this episode of For Everyone's Sake contains uh, scenes of diarrhea, so we suggest you listen whilst already seated on the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's should we put most a, people probably a do a number anyway. at the end. If you've been affected <laughs> yes, exactly. by the diarrhea discussion in this episode, <laughs> uh, well, thanks, oh. Natalia, for sending us cash for giving you the shit. Yeah. I hope you fucking washed that it brown note. It's. <laughs> On that brown note, it's thanks to our awesome repeat offenders paying a little every month to keep us on the right track. They are Michael Rigby, yeah, Paul Hewitt, yes. Jennifer Brighton, yeah. Marble127, Greg Hoffman, Hoff. Michael Perry, Perry, Donald Griffin, Griff. Christopher Beck, Beckles. and the very generous Andy Wallington. Is so Wowington. Generous? Is he more he, generous because he's given more money? He gave us, he gave us all his money. It's, it's quite, quite difficult for him now. Join them. Join them all. Head to ff1s.com forward slash pint, pint, pint. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. The teams do whatever they... Whatever they do and they'll make you spew if they want. The teams race wherever they... Wherever they like, if it's wrong or right, it's all right. Tremendous. Oh. <laughs> I keep forgetting we were filmed in front of a live studio audience. <laughs> and also, also... God, it's just like the live show we did. <laughs> but with clapping. <laughs> oh, that brings me back to when I had to used to put laughter onto my videos. Um... <laughs> That was probably one of the first times, Drew, you've done a song that I recognise, so thank you. <laughs> I, I had the last one as well. I forget what it was, but you you definitely heard that one because okay. you said the same thing then. Okay, well, I have a memory of a suit. <laughs> I used to be a huge Oasis fan. Uh, uh, let's go around the room. Oasis or Blur? At the time, not Blur. now. At the, t- at the time. At the time and now, Blur. Okay. I don't think I genuinely had a preference. Now, Blur. At the time, I liked them both. Obviously, now, Blur, because Blur are better. They've I had posters of both of them. At the time. And I bought singles and albums by both of them. I don't think that was allowed. I mean, I bought, I bought everything from both of them. I went to see them, Oasis, twice. Wow. Once at Gloucester Leisure Centre and once at Nebworth. Oh, wow. The big one. It was sh- fine. <laughs> I've, I've seen Blur. I've never seen Oasis, so maybe there's your answer. I've seen I've seen Oasis, but I've never oh, seen Blur. I've seen Blur and Oasis <laughs> and Pulp. Together. And well. Oasis. Well, that was a separate um, thing <laughs> at a club. Yeah, that was that was another night. <laughs> Red Bull. 
And so the inevitable has happened. Max Verstappen is three times world champion. And what a way to win at it. By your increasingly useless teammate skittering off into the gravel. In fairness to Perez, that crash in the sprint wasn't entirely his fault, but it came in the middle of yet another terrible weekend that saw him struggle to even stay on the track, racking up multiple penalties for exceeding track limits. Yeah, he's got a contract until the end of the year, but has he though? Hmm, it depends how much stock you take in the sort of the general vibe and demeanour of Helmut Marco. Because if you take quite a bit of stock in that, I don't think he's going to last next year. But do they need to replace him? Well, they've already won constructors and drivers, and they're well ahead of the pack. They're, they don't have a, tr- a driver troubling Max at the front, no drama. Do they need to replace well, him? Well, isn't that a good argument to get someone new in to give him a few races warm-up to go in for it next year? I mean, it's back, it's back to the whole debate about what's a good teammate. Like, it seems that it seems that it's increasingly becoming consensus among people that it's better to have one really good driver and one wingman because then you avoid dramas. And as soon as you get two that are slightly good, you get Hamilton Rosberg, increasingly Hamilton Russell. Norris Piastri is looking like it's going to get a bit spicy. Uh, I don't know, Senna Prost, you know. At the moment... The trouble that Perez has is he's, is he's so far off Verstappen that he's basically being no help whatsoever. So in the well, event this... when, if McLaren get better and suddenly you've got Verstappen next season being harassed by Piastri and Norris, do you really think Perez is going to be there to help them in any way like he did with Hamilton in 2021 at the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix? I can't see him doing that again in this car at the moment. And also, this is actually where it gets... Because we always like... We poo-poo the idea of second drivers because we all want... P.K. Mansell kind of Senna Prost kind of thing but it's really hard to gauge a good level of a second job it's like saying I want to always be the second most attractive in the room <laughs> right I think you are now well I am <laughs> at the minute because there's a spider in here but <laughs> but you know it's like some days I'm easily the second attractive in the room some days I'm the ugliest in the room some days I'm the most attractive in the room says my mum which is weird <laughs> and it's just like Perez we all thought he's a good driver he's a good second player but he's not press has got to him dirty tangos whatever it was that Max said I don't know what but um, he's, he's not good enough but how do you pick a driver that's because you need a driver that's not good enough to, to trouble Max Verstappen but you also need a driver who's good enough to beat everyone else that's I think quite a narrow window. I think from, from memory of recent years, you need a driver who's not good enough to beat the number one, but who doesn't realise it yet. Bottas. Bottas. Bottas Rosberg. is the best. Well, Venice, Rosberg is, the, is yeah. the exception that proves the rule because he put so much work in that he eventually did beat him, but then he had to retire because he was like, well, I'm never doing that again. Perez early on won two races at the start of the year, but then it started getting him. When he, when, I think when you, can beli- when you can believe that you can do it, to believe you can achieve. Yeah. Well, do you remember at the start of the year? I know we weren't serious about it, but like there was a point when Perez was doing a Bottas 2.0. Oh, I'm really going to go for the championship this year. And we're all like, yeah, right. But uh, even saying, yeah, right, it seems silly now. Doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> but again, he won two races at the start of the year. After four races, Verstappen and Perez had two wins each. 
and at that point, Perez was doing a great job. But then it just became increasingly clear that he was uh, hopeless, and now he's—I mean, his mind's completely gone, um, and he's—and he's nowhere. See again, uh, Lance Stroll uh, this weekend. Like his mind is clearly completely gone as well. He's nowhere near the quarters. But then there'd been some time earlier in the season where it's like, hey, no, he's doing really well. He could be a future world champion. <laughs> but now he's, he's hopeless. So you've got to have somebody, you've, you've got to string them along and ha- make them believe that they can, they can eventually get number one status, even though you have absolutely no intention of giving it to them. I do kind of genuinely think that if Ricardo hadn't broken his hand, they were really gearing him up for dropping him in Red Bull at the end of this year or start next year. But I don't know if they can risk it now, can they? I mean, he's going to have what five races left? Is it? Because he's coming back oh, next fuck. race. He's going to have five, five races. fucking races yeah, left. Yeah, I know. I think he Ricardo, Ricardo's back in for the next race, I believe. So if he smacks Sonoda away, which you really think he should, because apart from, this was the first race of Lawson's four that he didn't like. He's beaten Sonoda in every other round. I think he had a bit of a shitter mm. this weekend, but. Um, if Ricardo's firing on all cylinders, don't say that. People will start shitting themselves everywhere. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, Natalia. <laughs> Thank you for the money. Um, <laughs> I think if Ricardo's gets back into the car fully refreshed and ready to rock and his, you know, his pecker's up, no pun intended. It's not a pun. Euphemism, whatever. Um, then, you know, potentially, yeah, him as, him as back to his old seat with Verstappen. But, you know, with the understanding that he's not going to beat Verstappen. Nobody's going to beat Verstappen. <laughs> Yeah, but just just saying. Oh, hopefully he's going to feel good and be better. You know, let, let's not forget Ricardo in a McLaren felt yeah. great. It was shit. So, you know, and got worse he, the longer it went on. He's got a big question mark that really needs properly uh, was answering. That's the word I'm looking for. Yeah, but again, we're back to the whole. Yeah, but who else? <laughs> like, there's no other options really. Vettel. <clears throat> No, he's, he's living, he's, was going he's back to living in a, this week. He's living in a commune with bees now. No, he and actually is going back to racing. He's going oh, to do he? some kind of sports car stuff because he's bored. Oh. And he might team up with Jensen Button and someone else to be some kind of world champion sports car team. Oh. So he's clearly a bit bored. He was back at a race. I think it was in Japan last week for the first time. He was yeah, back with his bees. With his bees. So I think he'll be in the Red Bull next year. You heard it here first. <coughs> I mean, that would be... Well, you see, the thing is, I think time with Vettel has proven that, yeah, it would. I mean, Vettel will get his ass absolutely handed to him by Verstappen, I think. And also, he left Red Bull when they were winning to go to Ferrari. So you could imagine they'll bring it back and be like, oh, whoops, we've we've forgot to turn your car on. Anyway, fuck them all. McLaren. Oscar Piastri is starting to make Lando Norris look worried. Victory in the sprint race and second in the race is cracking stuff from Piastri, who is still a rookie. Norris was far from shit with a third both weekends races. Should we still be assuming that he's the McLaren's number one for the foreseeable future? <sighs> Up to now, I'd have said yes. But Piastri was really good. And now... Norris is in the weird position where generally you'd have to say he's been the best McLaren driver of recent years, but all his teammates have won races and he hasn't. Because Ricardo won a race, Norris has won a race, Norris has never won a race. So... <laughs> did you just... What? Did I just what? You just said you just said Norris has won a race, but Norris has never won a race. Oh, did I say Norris? I meant Piastri. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> we're recording earlier and I've not been drinking, so I'm not making so much sense. 
Um, is Piastri all a race? Yeah, he won the sprint race. Oh, that doesn't count. Oh, okay. Well, now we're getting into it. Shall I record all of that again? <laughs> no. <laughs> um, Norris looked a bit rattled. He was sort of being a bit needly with Piastri, I thought, after being beaten, him, beaten by him again. But I think Piastri has to be uh, consistent, though. That's the thing. Like, if he can keep doing it to the end of the season, then... Yes. Yeah. I mean, it's got to be it's got to be tricky for Norris, isn't it? Because he's finally, you know, he had that he had that glorious period when he was with Ricardo, and they were still doing quite well as a team. You know, they were he was finishing like high up in podiums and everything, and Ricardo was down at the bottom. So he was like, "Oh God, I'm fucking great at this Formula One stuff." <laughs> and then Ray. Ricardo won a race. <laughs> but yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then then McLaren got genuinely shit for a while, and then Piastri comes in, and Norris has had the measure of him most of the year because he's in the team but it's his team blah 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 and now just as McLaren are getting good again you can just imagine it's never going to go Norris's way and he's going to get beaten by Piastri and he, I mean he was he was a bit patronising on his radio messages wasn't he but he was just like um, I'm clearly faster than him can I overtake him but they're like no and he's like oh, are you sure because blah 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 and it's just like come on mate I think if it carries on going the way it's going, I think Zach Brown and Andrea Moda are going to have some interesting decisions to make about how they approach it. Because when you have two guys and you don't know who's going to be the best, that's when history tells us it all goes a bit crazy. Cool. <laughs> yeah, which I'm very Can't much wait. looking forward to. <laughs> Mercedes. Just last week we asked if things were tetchy at Mercedes, but we didn't think everything would go all Rosbergian quite so quickly. Hamilton and Russell collided in turn one, a move eerily reminiscent of Barcelona 2016, except Russell didn't retire with Hamilton. He picked himself up and charged back to fourth place, which was actually rather impressive. Hamilton watched from the sidelines and accepted full responsibility for the crash. Could this be the start of Hamilton's decline? Yes. I don't want to say... Is it even the start? I don't, I don't want to say yes, but... But yes. yes. <laughs> I think when well, we look the same. for a symptom of it than anything else. When we look back well, on did. things, this will be the moment where he suddenly realised, I'm not as good as I used to be. I'm making the kind of mistakes I never used to make. And within a couple of years, he'll have retired. Except, and I, I want to just check something on the technical rules here, because he did the same kind of move last week and just like clipped. Was it also Russell that he clipped with the back of his car as he kind of swung by? And I'm wondering... It definitely went into each other. Have they made the cars longer, but they haven't told Lewis Hamilton? <laughs> Is it like... Because that would be the kind of thing the fucking FIA would do against our boy. Was it Roald Dahl's The Twits, where they make their canes longer and longer just to fuck with them? The hat smaller and yeah, smaller. Yeah. Maybe they're doing that. Maybe they're trying it to drive him out, because they're like, right, we need to go yeah. all in on Russell now. We don't want to get rid of Hamilton, because he's done very well for us. So let's just psychologically torture him until he thinks he's going mad and retires. Just literally gaslighting yes. him. But it was very sad because it was clearly Hamilton just... It was just a sort of move he'd make effortlessly years ago and you'd be like, wow, that's amazing. Woo. I've got... I, I, I've has a, just remembered something else that happened to me this week that I can't believe I didn't put in my what have I, I've been up to thing. Um, somebody crashed their car through my garden fence and gate um, because they accidentally what? hit their accelerator instead of their brake. And I wonder if it's starting to oh, get to the point like that with Hamilton, where he's just like, oh, I thought I was past him, but then I just, oh, no, oh I don't know where I am. <laughs> so, you, I, hang on, Phil, are you saying that someone with dementia crashed into your 
Harold's. No, weirdly, it was a perfectly lucid woman in her early 50s who said she hadn't had a crash in 20 years, but then somehow mashed the accelerator on her Toyota and stuffed it into my garden. I love the uh, motoring journalist in you has to name-check the brand of the car. <laughs> it was a oh, CHR yeah, hybrid, if you want to ask, and that actually explains <laughs> it because uh, it was uh, an automatic, so it's a lot easier to mix up the pedals if you're that way inclined. There's only, there's only two of them. <laughs> oh, my, my bum hurts. You've shut yourself again, haven't you? Sorry, Natalia. It's it's gone very warm in here. It's very warm on my bum bum. Are you my son? I I do quite like the edit. Okay, two things. Fernando Alonso did look quite old this weekend, I thought, when I saw his face. We're not talking about Aston Martin. And another personal story, myself. So when I was watching this race with my partner... They were doing the start of the race where they were doing all the kind of interviews and everything. And she went, who's that? And I was like, that's George Russell. We don't like him. <laughs> and she was like, why? And I, was, I had to, you know, it's really hard to explain why you don't like someone. I just said, I think he's a c- And <laughs> then the Hamilton Russell thing happened and he was really angry. And I'm like, see? And she's like, yeah, but he sounds justified to be angry. And I'm like, stop. Shut up. Anyway, <laughs> I might get her to guess us the podcast because I think she does more than me after one sure. race. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like this trip to Miami might not be absolutely nailed on yet. Because <laughs> you might just get annoyed with her and she's like, no, I don't want to go to Miami because I'm right about Formula One and George Russell is a dick. I'm sure it'll well, be fine. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. There's no beaches well. in Miami, are there? Oh, my God, you I'm sorry. Arsehole. I'm sorry. That's too much. <laughs> Even Matt came too back on the line with COVID to react to that, Phil. <laughs> Sorry. Too much. Sorry, Terry. I didn't mean it. No, it's fine. It's it was fine. purely for the comedy. Ferrari. Just as Ferrari start to look reasonable, they go and Ferrari things up again. Carlos Sainz, who we were fetting as the new Charles Leclerc just a couple of races ago, couldn't even start the race because his car broke, while Leclerc started and finished in fifth place but was all a bit all over the shop in the sprint and finished outside the points with a penalty. So, business as usual in Maranello? Yeah. We thought for a second that maybe they got their act together. But no. So what... Fuel issues sounds very vague, doesn't it? I think... I mean, it might even have been a case of, like, they were getting ready to start the race and they were like, hang on, should this fuel be dripping all over the floor from the back of the car? And then I think no, I don't think so. I think it's more likely that somebody put diesel in. It <laughs> <laughs> just misfueled it. <laughs> Why do we even have a diesel pump here? <laughs> it makes just no sense. <laughs> <laughs> now you mention it. It's just asking for trouble. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that is a proper Ferrari fuck-up, isn't it? It's like, I mean, at least get the car ready properly. You know, yeah. fine, have it break down or have uh, do something stupid in strategy, but get the car to the grid and start it. It's pretty basic stuff. I mean. it, it does feel a bit odd. But yeah, it's fine. And yeah, like, I'm amazed Leclerc... Where, where, where did Leclerc finish? Uh, fourth in the end. Or possibly fifth. Yeah, fifth, sorry. Well, did he get fourth because of a penalty? No, I think fifth. I just forgot to update it on the dock. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, where did Leclerc finish? Fifth. I think fifth, yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of impressive, really, because he seemed to be nowhere throughout the entire race. I mean, he was kind of in no man's land, wasn't he? What, Ferrari? 
<laughs> well, yes. I don't know. They're just... I need to learn that if Ferrari go a couple of races without massively fucking up, that doesn't necessarily mean anything. <laughs> stop. Stop. Stop using it to play the pools. No, the lottery. <laughs> the lottery. What's the pools? pools. Is the pool still a thing? I don't think it is. I don't know. Is the pool still a thing? I used to help my granddad with that. What was the pools? I don't really it. know. It was... The football pools. Was it just Did betting? You, uh, I guess... Where you bet on what the scores are going to be that weekend. That but it betting? wasn't like a bet, was it? It wasn't... But it wasn't yeah, quite... Yeah, it's a bet. It, but it was different. Quite, it, was, it wasn't just going down the bookies and getting 3-1 to one on Liverpool scoring three, was it? It was something specific. Was it like was a sweet or premium bonds? No, premium bonds are a different thing. No, no, you, you, you still predict the score, but it's like specifically picking scores and... Yeah, but like I think... And I'm looking up, you can still do it. Wow. But it wasn't based... It wasn't like Ladbrokes do it, was it? It was like some gov. I think it was a government thing. Am I really misremembering this? <laughs> it may have been before we had the big bookies. It may have just been a, the first national way of doing it, but that is pure speculation on my part. My well, part there's there. no way of finding out. So. Um, I used to have to help my granddad write the schools down. Information. Write the schools down, and then we'd get it out of the paper. And there'd be like a big blank for. Do you remember the days where they just they just print the newspaper full of blank things for you to fit in yourself? Genius move. Password puzzles. It's a genius move by the publishers. Exactly. Stupid. Aston Martin. We've got opinions about Lance Stroll, but before we give them, let's hear what our Silverstone correspondent Jamel McClough had to say about Aston Martin. It was a complicated weekend for Aston Martin, with both drivers swapping roles. Lance Stroll acting like an aggressive, petulant old man, and Alonso trying to imitate Stroll by driving off the track at any opportunity. At this point, has Stroll been instructed to ensure Aston finish fifth to get more wind tunnel time for next season? Ooh. It's a theory. I mean... But then they'd also lose a ton of money, wouldn't they? If they well, don't they've got do money because well as... they're rich. Oh, that's true. Maybe wind tunnel time is worth more to them than X number of million, because... Lawrence Stroll's got this is, cash to spare. This is like where well, I never use special offers. <laughs> it, it, I don't trust them. You don't use special offers. <laughs> no, I don't trust them. I only use special offers. I love them. See? Do you not have a nectar card? Well, of course you don't. You live in Germany, but is there any? No, we have we have kind nectar card. Is <laughs> <coughs> it happened kind of nectar card? Do you have nectar cards, but it's with a nectar with a K instead of a C in nectar? <laughs> <laughs> Nectar. I just just more aggressive. Yeah. Well, um, I don't know if this question has ever been asked and answered on the podcast before. But how do they regulate how much wind tunnel time you actually use? There's a bloke trust. You just have to a, say because if you own your own wind tunnel, because the OEMs, a lot of them will have their own wind tunnel for manufacturing road cars. What's to say you don't slip the F1 car? I in guess there you have to log bit. it or film it. Or just be honest. Yeah, but just don't film it. <laughs> How can you prove we didn't? We did what you said we didn't do. Oh. It's not exactly Ocean's Eleven, is it? <laughs> It'd be a lot more fun if it was. Well, all the wind tunnels the, have to be in a vault in Las Vegas. You know how all the teams have to have like a Pirelli employee always there to check that they. Oh, do they? The maybe they do. Yeah, yeah. So maybe there's a, a wind tunnel expert that just has to sit with it like he's sitting there for lunch but again so what's no the st- what's the stop what's the stop them just going in after hours and just not inviting barry from yeah. pirelli 
Because Barry, the wind tunnel guy, has to be at every meeting. Maybe he's the only one with the key. Yeah. He's got the keys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Barry, Barry, um, I've left my pencil in the wind tunnel. Can you just go and let us... Uh, just give us the keys. I'll just let myself... I'm going to be in and out. In and yeah, out. yeah. it's, it's only going to take me three or four hours to find it. This scale yeah. model? Oh, no, it's, it's for my son. <laughs> We're going to use the wind tunnel for a non-F1 project. My son is doing a science fair and he's made a full-scale model of a Formula 1 car for the 2026 regulations. I know, he's a, he's a genius, I tell you. <laughs> yeah. They're so bright these days, aren't they? With their F-ducts and their double diffusers. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, there might be something in that, but I don't know. Maybe. Probably. No. Stroll. Did you see... Now, Terry, you didn't watch the sprint race, but... I have watched it in hindsight. Okay, so strong. That's not how you use that word, is it? (laughs) (laughs) Retrospect? I don't know. Hinterlaufen. (laughs) Yeah. I've watched it in Hinterlaufen. That mean winter? I don't know. Anyway, um, so Lance (laughs) Stroll was the angriest and stroppiest I've ever seen him. So this was after the... No, this wasn't even the sprint race, was it? It was qualifying. Was it qualifying where he went out in Q1 again, as he so often does? And he got out of the car and stomped about, and his trainer was trying to say something to him or do something to him, and he physically pushed his trainer away and then gave like a nine-word interview afterwards, was just looking like the sulkiest boy. Which, for nothing else, if you can physically push your trainer away, I think you need a new trainer. <laughs> no, surely that, surely that means he's trained you very well and you're immensely strong. But then you need a better trainer to train you more. Yeah. I'd say that should be the first test of a trainer, is that they shouldn't be able to get pushed over by the driver. I think this is... Maybe, maybe that's the moment where the master, the, the apprentice became the master. <laughs> it's like, no, oh, you, you do defeated, fucking sit-ups. You have defeated me. <laughs> you claim your you rightful place. You cunt. <laughs> <laughs> Although, actually, before... I want, to go, I want to go back a second, because I just remembered something I didn't talk about, which was when Perez got the second penalty... Because this just reminded me of this because of Stroll being all stroppy. The bollocking he got off the radio yes. was fucking massive. Like, if there's any other reason that he's going to get fired from Red Bull is that he got publicly... We thought Logan Sargent was embarrassed. Perez got bollocked for not being able to drive around the track properly and say, oh, this is really hurting our race. <laughs> you stupid shit. Yeah, if you could stop driving off the track repeatedly, that'd be great. Um, but yeah, Fools. Lance... Lance sorry. Lance Stroll was a very, very stroppy boy. Um, and what's interesting is this is came in a week that it was announced that Aston Martin are heading back to sports car racing with their hypercar for the first time in God knows how long. Um, is it the Valkyrie? Yes, I think it's the Valkyrie. Um, the Valkyrie and, Bottas. The Valkyrie Bottas. That's, I mean, there's, there's a rebranding. My word. <laughs> he's still at Sauber, but he comes in on a horse. He's got wings. Um, <laughs> and he dresses as a woman. Uh the cynic in me thinks that maybe the Aston Martin have decided to do this sports car project that they need some kind of hotshot former F1 driver to lead it up. Oh, who have we got? Well, we can't use Alonso because he's too good. So what about this guy, Lance Stroll? Lance, we've got this brand new amazing Le Mans project for you. No. Your seat. Your seat. Oh, we'll find somebody better for that. No, I'm staying in my car because Daddy said I could do whatever I wanted. But he doesn't. We've discussed it before. He doesn't want to be doing F1. Yeah, but you don't want to be doing it until you're told you can't do it anymore. Oh, I see. You know, it's like a relationship, isn't it? Or maybe he'd been told that he's not getting the Le Mans seat, and that was why he was so moody, because he realised he had to stay in F1 even longer. Maybe. I don't know. 
It was very depressing. Holy shit. But also Alonso was a bit shit this week, just because he was old and feeling faint, I think. But he even went off the track, which he never does. <laughs> Nearly went through my garden fence. Is it, <laughs> well, it, could that be? Like, between we saw a very early mistake from Hamilton and we saw uh, Fernando coming off the track as well, do you think their age made them more susceptible to the heat? Maybe. Mm. It might not be I mean, to do with the heat. Just, it might just be the age. No, but I think there's something there. You've got to be super fit in Formula One, and maybe they're just their bodies are slightly past their prime to be able to take it. I don't know. Maybe I find as I've got older, I, I low, like the heat more. What you, I mean, they go on more cruises and holidays to the Greek islands, old people. But maybe that also explains. There's liking 35 it, degrees on the beach, and then there's tolerating 55 degrees. In a sweat. My dad box. spends all summer in his greenhouse. It must be about seventy degrees in there, and he comes out as happy as Larry. <laughs> Has he ever done a lap of Monza? Because <laughs> he might be the fucking best. <laughs> Not in his greenhouse, no. <laughs> he might be the goat. <laughs> He'll always be the goat to me. Oh, but also maybe this explains why Logan Sargent's been so shit. Maybe he's actually a seventy-year-old man <laughs> who's been pretending to be young. <laughs> He's an actual sergeant. That's not his name. It's his title on age. Yeah, it's R. Lee Ermey from uh, from all the Vietnam films. That's why he keeps calling people maggots. Oh, I thought you just loved Silverstone. <laughs> Alpine. It was a tale of two drivers at Alpine. Okay, yes, we know it's usually a tale of two drivers. But while Esteban Ocon barfed in his helmet and scored one of the best results of the season, Pierre Gasly kept his dinner down and yet finished outside of the points, thanks to multiple Perez-style track limit infringements. Five races to go. How's the battle between the two going, do we reckon? On paper, it's really close between them. Because looking at the standings, he says, bringing the standings up, they are right next to each other in 11th and 12th on 46 and Two points. points. Um, spoilers for the standings later. But when you look at the individual race results, Pierre Gasly has retired from one race and Esteban Ocon has retired from five races. And yet they are yeah. very, very close on the old points. So that would say to me that Gasly's been rubbish and Ocon is clearly the best, but he's had rubbish luck. Though saying that, I can't remember how most of his retirements happened. So if he's crashed in every race, then that changes my story entirely. I think I'd like to talk about the sick. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's the trailer. There's the trailer. Yeah, beyond going into the trailer line. for this week's episode. <laughs> so, because at first you hear puke in a helmet, and you just you imagine the kind of inside of a helmet being covered in puke. But they've got to wear balaclavas, haven't they? Yeah, so it's more like it's really gross. Puking. I mean, I don't think the puke gets it, out of the. Well, some people wear their balaclava over their top lip. Oh, that's true. And then have the drink tube oh. coming through, which I hope he didn't have, because some people wear it under their chin, and at least then it would just come out and down. But if you have your balaclava, I wear my balaclava up just under my nose when I race, and then that means it's going to come up into your nostrils and then up towards your eyes or before it comes out. it's going to be sealed. And it's Neither just, are great, but that's... It's just going to go down and it's going to just stay next to your skin all the oh, way down to the point where it's well, then your balac- slopping around next to your skin. Because your balaclava tucks yeah, yeah, in. Exactly. It tucks into your race suit, so it won't even come out. It's just Which does look better, to be fair, when you get out, that you don't look like you're covered in sleep. That's why they have to tuck it in. But you're just in it. <laughs> but then it just stays in. It's like... It's, Hot, it's hot, hot, sick, Ugh. being boiled next to your skin by the engine. <laughs> and then the next question, I can smell so bad. And... 
Oh, God. The next question is, what would their sick be like? Because we, we could, I could make the obvious joke here about it would have carrots in it. Uh, but, you know, they're on some kind of strict diet. Would they be doing like... Do you remember when Paula Radcliffe shot herself at the marathon? <laughs> yes. And when you saw the pictures... It no, was, no, she stopped, pulled down her pants and shot by the side of the road. Like a <laughs> Sorry, That's what they should be doing. <laughs> I watched that live on TV. But that was quite liquidy. Because obviously, I guess, as a, as a high athlete, you've not had a... You know, you've not had fish and chips like before, have you? You've probably had some kind of smoothie. Huel. So... Did, did it come out as a kind of liquid or were there solid bits? And then what? maybe, do you think there was a point where he maybe got a bit hungry during the race and just kind of <laughs> mm, sucked up the balaclava a bit and went, mm. ooh, I could taste protein drink. I do think hunger was, was, was one of the things they were complaining about <laughs> a lot. <laughs> <laughs> like, I imagine oh man, someone I'm so like hot and dehydrated with, and I'm kind of peckish. I think about the would be the type to go, I can't finish this race, I'm too fucking hungry. <laughs> <laughs> Because another thing that I am suing me, Formula One because I didn't win the championship because <laughs> they didn't give me a fucking sandwich. That's my mid-race burger. Um, <laughs> also, Formula One drivers in preparation for a race because weight is so important. I think they are on like a restricted liquid diet before exactly. they get there. So that I mean, it's the constant battle between not being massively dehydrated and having enough hydration to it's having enough hydration to perform well, but not so much that you're heavy. So I think they're what running very dis- close to the limit anyway. What if he got disqualified after the race because they put him on the scales and he puked out all his body weight and he was too light? Oh, I guess it would still be on him, wouldn't it? Well, so not if it evaporated in the heat. Could still they, be absorbed. No, because they have to hold the helmet yeah. when they're getting weighed. That's because there might still be some sick in it. <laughs> yeah, it's usually not that hard, but now it's time to... <laughs> carry it like a bu- leaky bucket. <laughs> oh... oh. They never, they never talked this, about this on Shattered Flag. I can't Flag. recall this ever happening before. I, I, even all of the Singapore races where pre- previously it's always... Because that's really humid as well. I think this is more of a dry heat. Which no, made, made I, I strongly um, suspect it will be really humid there. If it's anything like the UAE, yeah, it, it, from about August it gets super humid um, till basically the end of October. So I would imagine it was pretty damn hot and really humid. I could be wrong, but... Mm. That's what I sort of envisaged because that because that's worse than it being dry. Like being dry is actually it's like it sucks, but it's like it's all right. But when it's humid, it's just like ugh, it's like you're biting the air. It's horrible. Did they did they give any indication? Because they they always give out stats for how much weight drivers lose during Singapore. I didn't hear anyone specifically saying how much they thought the drivers may have lost during this race if it was significantly more. I guess because they haven't done it before, they don't have the stats from previous years to f- fling at you. But maybe we'll, uh, mind you, they're not going back to Qatar next year, are they? Or are they? No, I don't think they I are. I don't know. Is it every two years they're having it? Or is it just a one-off? I don't know. I've lost track Stupid. now. In all seriousness, no, they, they, they must be reviewing this in terms of driver safety, in terms of what is acceptable, because this must have been the, the toughest physical race that any of those drivers currently on the grid has ever had to sit through. So questions will be asked yeah. about whether or not this is sustainable as a location. If it is coming well, back, what's, it's got to be later, surely. Oh, no, they are doing it again next year, sorry. But, yeah, it's later. It's in December next year. They're racing in December next year. Oh, for fuck's sake. There's two sake. races in December next year. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah, I hate goes this proper sport. long these days. Christmas trees at the track. Oh. Christmas thing. Christmas race. That'd be nice if it was a novelty Christmas race, like a, like a band having a novelty <laughs> Christmas race. Ho, 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 Grand Prix. <laughs> but so, what? Like, it's uh, a Lapland. Oh, it works on, left, on every level. <laughs> That'd be oh, great. Well, they could have, nice. like, tinsel around the side of the track. Oh. And... 
Any chance All of reindeer? <laughs> All the teams have special Christmas oh. liveries, like Christmas jumpers. Yeah, tinsel everywhere. I know. All the teams That's have right. got to make front wings for the other teams. <laughs> and you, oh, like Secret Santa. You can risk making one that's going to be really bad but then of course karma might bite you and you get one that makes your car bad so will everyone try and make the best one they can make or make the worst one the last thing I'll say about Qatar is or Qatar, how do you say it? Qatar, Qatar. Qatar, oh, Qatar is um, it's about really working out in Formula 1 what's more important is it driver's well-being or money uh, money yeah no, I think we know the answer so I reckon this time next year the cars will have air conditioning well you say that the um, sports cars now have to have uh, air conditioning in them, like the sort of really? the Olympic. Yeah, I believe it's in the regula- regulations now that they have to have them. But obviously, they're closed cockpits, so it'd be slightly more difficult if it's just like the most hardcore air conditioning unit you've got, just blowing it slightly into their face and then just going into the air, releasing oh, CFDs totally everywhere. That's that sort of thing. They would totally use that for aero, though, wouldn't they? They'd have all these little oh. flicks reconditioning the... They'd have the air the conditioning blowing the air extra diffusers. Air. They'd have head diffusers. Yeah. Wow. Amazing. Anyway, that was Alpine. Alpha Tauri. This was Liam Lawson's final race for Alpha Tauri. Probably, and coincidentally, it was his worst. After bidding it on the first lap of the sprint, the plucky Kiwi was last of the finishers in the Grand Prix and now hands his car back to Danny One Hand Ricardo. Mind you, Yuki Tsunoda was only two places up the road. Has this blotted Lawson's copybook and his aims to get an F1 seat next year? Maybe slightly, no. but probably, I think. It'd be, he's had three really good races and one that was like, eh, wasn't that great? But it wasn't awful. I mean, he was last, but he didn't crash. I think overall... Do we know what's happening no, to him next not year? at the moment. I, I, if I was a betting man, which I'm not, I would probably put £3 on him going to Williams to replace Logan Sargent. But I've not heard any evidence that that's actually happening. But it would seem to make sense, surely. Well, I don't think Logan, Logan Sargent's going to uh, <laughs> complain much, as he would. He's too busy hurling into a bucket. <laughs> Uh, no, I think I think Lawson has done a really, really good job. Like of all the stand-ins we've had of late, um, admittedly he's had four races to do it, but from the off he's been he's been really good. I think he's absolutely excelled himself. And okay, this one wasn't great, but he's only done four races, and this was horrible yeah. conditions. I think he's done really well, and it would be a shame if he's not in F one next year. Agreed. Alfa Romeo. Poor Alfa Romeo. Both Valtteri Bottas and Zhou Guan Yu got fistful of points by finishing in 8th and ninth, and yet we still didn't notice them. Did you? When I was writing this up, I was like, oh, did one of them retire? They must have been down the back. Oh, no, they were both in the points. I did not notice. I don't even see Alfa Romeo when they're mentioned by the commentary. <laughs> it's like... There was a bit where I think Bottas went back out onto the track and they were like, oh, there's Bottas. And I was just like watching it and it was like, it was like a magic eye picture. It's just like going, I, ca- I can't see it. It's just an empty piece of, uh, an empty piece of track. <laughs> What's going on? Yeah. It's like in... You've got to kind of squint and relax your eyes and go cross-eyed. It's something. like in Westworld where if you're a robot, you can't see things that are bad or something. I can't remember the details. It was years ago. And they just go, oh, it doesn't look like much like anything to me. Maybe that's what Alfa Romeo... Alfa Romeo are all robots. Or we're all robots. Haas. Ha 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 
Nico Hulkenberg sparkled in qualifying, got sandwiched by Ocon and Perez in the sprint, and then fucked up hilariously by pretending to be Carlos Sainz in the race, which gave him a massive penalty. Magnussen was slow and finished near the back, but still ahead of Hulkenberg. That was very funny. Did you see that? This is the the thing is, I used to be, back in my younger days, more like, I'd be better than any F1 driver. If I was a 4 to one driver, I'd be fucking great, but I never got the chances because I didn't have money or skill or ever tried. But... The older I get, the more I think of if I was a four to one driver, that is exactly the sort of thing I do. <laughs> I would definitely so, drive into the road pit box, even though I'd just been on the grid for like an hour. <laughs> just so there. For, for anyone who didn't see it, so there was obviously an empty space on the grid where Carlos Sainz should have been because his car broke down. And so, yeah, as, uh, as Terry said, they, they lined up on the thing, they've all got their car ready, and surely, surely Hulkenberg was sitting there going, there's no car in front of me. There's no car in front of me. There's no car in front of me. And they go and do the formation lap. He comes back in and he sails straight on into Science's place. And then you can see him on the onboard camera looking around going, ah, fuck. <laughs> I've messed this up. It is odd, though, that you don't just all get to bunch up. I still don't understand why it makes more sense to leave a blank spot. Because he didn't qualify in eighth. He qualified in ninth. So how could he start? Well, it wasn't even eighth? that. It's two, it's two spots he nicked, wasn't it? Because if, if he had gone one, he'd have gone the other side of the grid. As it was, he just went straight on from his original spot, past the guy that was slightly ahead of him <laughs> to his left, and ended up a slot in that front of him. True. Oh, I didn't realise that. I thought he literally went at once, so he did. He jumped two. No, so he I, th- actually... I think he literally just he just funneled into the space that was in front of where he should have been. Oh, so he did actually because start the guy in front of him was in the right place, so he jumped two spots. And oh, then... so he started ahead of someone that he shouldn't have. Yeah, because I think he was looking go going, so why has he stopped there? Oh, bollocks. <laughs> so he clearly knew So who them. was behind him? Oh, I don't know. Presumably they got, cause they got a bit of an advantage by not having someone directly in front of them, so they had a bit yeah, of a gap to go into. Yeah, oh, wait, but hang on. That's a good point. So everyone else left the gap behind him, because that would, that would what really fuck me up. If Hulkenberg... Everyone else was in the correct spot. But no, if Hulkenberg drove up and then there was a gap behind Hulkenberg, that means that someone mm. else had to not drive into that gap, surely. Didn't they used to have markers on the wall as to where like their front wheels should be so that, they, that it was easier for them to make sure they got in the right place? They've got lines, yellow yeah, lines. But didn't they used to the literally have team ma- members with their like number and stuff? Did I imagine that? I, I could have sworn they used the to do that or something, but maybe they don't do that anymore. But you'd, you'd think that his engineer would have said, just as a reminder, leave that space in front of you blank because that's not and yours. Then he, and then he'd have gone, oh, ha, 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 and then done it. It would have been Logan Sargent. Oh, no, no, it would have been Lance Stroll. Oh, well, directly behind off, him. Isn't it? He was <laughs> it would have been funny if he completely knackered the entire rest of the grid and they'd all just blindly followed him and then they all get penalties. Because could but you argue... Yeah, that would, that would have been what happened. Yeah. Well, well done, everyone else. <laughs> but yeah, he would have driven past, yeah, Alexander Albon. Yeah, that um, must have been just overtaken and him. was just sitting there going, why is Albon behind me now? Ah, okay, well, that does explain the really big penalty because he did literally cheat to start. It wasn't <laughs> yes. just like... Because, Drew, I agree mainly because like, if, if if he's eighth but there's a gap in front of him and he drives into that gap, he's still eighth. So it doesn't really he should have He should have just gone the whole hog. If it's yeah. only a 10-place penalty, a 10-second penalty, he should have gone the whole hog, just gone right up and just sandwiched himself <laughs> between the front two drivers and just gone, right? 
That's what I used to Let's do. Let's go. It gets to a point that you... I used to do that on the Formula One game. If yeah. You just kind of ignore the lights and go. If you get enough of a lead, the penalty <laughs> doesn't matter. <laughs> this is it. Yeah. Mr. Trick there. Hmm. Except I was worth looking into. Yeah. Williams. Logan Sargent was too poorly to finish the race, but someone who isn't too poorly to give us a team report is Don Janacek. Young Mr. Sargent stayed at the back of the field for the majority of the race and decided to end the race early on lap 42 due to illness. Albon actually got to lead the race on lap 18 because that was the last lap that Verstappen had to do on one set of tires before he was forced to box. Alex ended in 13th, but a Williams led a Grand Prix, which is a phrase I don't think anybody expected to ever say again. Maybe that was the whole aim of the weekend. It's like, let's stay out as long as we can, even if it means we get black flagged for staying out too long on illegal tyres, and let's lead the race. Yeah. I want to go back to the Logan Sargent business, because I think... I think this is really an issue for where Formula 1 drivers now are so young and they have no life experience. They can't understand basic instructions. Now, the the team said to him, it's your decision. You do what you need to do. Do what's best for you. We're behind you. We're not going to make you carry on. You know, you look after yourself. And anyone who's been in a long-term relationship means that that's bollocks. <laughs> Someone says, no, you do, you do what you think is right, hey? What, yeah. What do you do what you want for a change, Yeah. So, if he was older yeah. and been, he's in deep trouble now, <laughs> yeah, he's fucked. He won't be at the next race, and you know they're going to be calling him Pukey Sergeant behind his back. <laughs> oh, here comes old Pukey. Oh yeah, not oh, car not good enough for you, mate. Is it? Oh, do you want to sit down, dear? You? Oh, you're not feeling well. Do you want to, do you want a cup of tea? You want to some Horlicks? Oh, you little cunt! <laughs> Everybody in the paddock's just going to go <laughs> as they walk past him. Feeling peak? Oh, they—they they were there. Yes, I. Oh. I can't think of anything funny to say because I'm tired. But yes. <laughs> You're listening to For Formula One's Sake. So, can we start this podcast? I don't feel well. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, well, while we're dragging up stuff before we get into the standings, I, I had a question that I wanted to know what you guys thought of. Because I remember them having an excuse back in the day that the reason that they didn't want to give out points uh, for qualifying was that they never wanted a circumstance where someone would be made champion on the Saturday um, rather than on the race on the Sunday. And that seems to now completely gone out the window because there's points on the sprint. Well, it's also bollocks anyway. What's well, deal? it's also bollocks anyway because there have been uh, fact time. Get your fact button ready. Uh, Verstappen is the sixth driver to have become champion on a Saturday. The others what? being, he says, trying to remember, Nelson Piquet twice won on Saturdays because sometimes races were on Saturdays. I think he won at the Las Vegas Grand Prix in 81. Oh, that okay. was on a Saturday. The British Grand Prix for years was on a Saturday until like 1977. That And uh, Graham Hill won his title on the first title on a Saturday. Um, inter- actually, it's a side fact, double fact, Nelson Piquet won three titles and he didn't win any of them on a Sunday because... He won his only title that wasn't on a Saturday on a Friday because his only rival, Nigel Mansell, uh, cra- had a big crash in uh, qualifying, which then was on a Friday for some reason, and couldn't take part, which meant that he was champion. Japan, 1987. Okay, fair enough. But I think I think the point being that that being an outlier outside of anyone's control and on a Sunday meaning on race day. 
It so was a race you've given an example where it didn't happen on race day. So my, my question would be that would it not be better that you can win points on qualifying and you can win points on the sprint, but they don't actually get applied unless you finish in the points on the race day? Wow. I mean, that just seems overly complicated in an already overly complicated system. I love it. So it's like you bank them, but you don't get to claim them unless... So that way all the points are awarded on the race day, but you've got the potential, like multipliers, to get them more points. You bank them like a sort of a lunchtime quiz No, show. they can only get it. If you have to drive away. It's like third place, bank. No, they only get the points if on the post-race interview they answer a general knowledge question. <laughs> they have Richard Osman there. Just... Or Bradley Walsh, I think. Oh. Yes, exactly. It's, and the, the, the top three drivers play a game of snap Inci- for ultimate incident Golden balls, Cheryl Shaft. <laughs> the big fun. Who's Cheryl Shaft? Cheryl Shaft. Oh, lovely woman. Uh, incidentally, three of the races next year, and there are, I think, 29 races next year or something like that. Um, three of the races next year are on a Saturday. Not sprint what? races, actual Grand Prix. What? One of them Why? is on a Saturday this year. Backed. What are you talking the Las about? Vegas race. The, the Las Vegas race this year and next year is on a Saturday night local time. What, so it can be Sunday here? It'll be Sunday morning here at like Supercook. So yeah, I looked up the, the Vegas race and it's on at like six in the morning or something ridiculous because it's on late over there. Um, but yeah, the two Middle Eastern races next year, so Bahrain and Saudi are both on Saturday because it's Ramadan and that has implications for some reason. So Saturday's where it's at. Saturday night's all right for racing. All of which takes us to the standings with Terry Saunders. Okay, so Max Verstappen won the championship. I'm a big fan of Queen. Here's all the drivers if there are Queen songs. We are the champions. Is number one, Max Verstappen. Number two, under pressure, Sergio Perez. Number three, hammer time to fall. It's the decline of Lewis Hamilton. Number four, good old-fashioned lover boy. It's Fernando Alonso. Emphasis on the old... Don't start me now. It's Carlos Sainz who didn't start the race. <laughs> I want to break free of this Ferrari contract, says Charlie Clerk. I want it all, says Lando Norris. You're my best friend, says George Russell to Lewis Hamilton. Doesn't mean it. Um, a kind of magic is also Piastri. Death on two legs is Lance Stroll because he was feeling quite ill. Love of my life, Pierre Gasly, because I still can't remember whether it's Gasly or Ocon who ended up with the girl. Too much puke will kill you, it's Espan Ocon. Tie your mother down or she'll kill again, it's Alexander Elbon. Who wants to live forever, it's Valtteri Bottas. It's a hard life, is Nico Hulkenberg. God save the Queen, is Joe, Joe Grant. You, I'm in love with my car, is Yuki Tsunoda. Uh, Dreamer's bald, he can suck, is Kevin Magnussen. And thank God it's Christmas, it's Liam Lawson. <laughs> and still with Queen, uh, if each team was the lead singer of Queen, which era would they be? Number one, Red Bull, obviously they'd be Freddie Mercury. Number two is Mercedes, they'd be when George Michael sang with Elton John that time. Uh, the guy from Free is Ferrari, Adam Lambert is Aston Martin. And then I've run out of actual people who sang with Queen, so I'm going to start making some up. Robbie Williams is McLaren, Gerard Depardieu is Alpine, that old bloke from Step to Son is Williams, David Brent is Alfa Romeo, Rob and I would be Alpha Tauri. <laughs> <laughs> Frankly, I can't wait for your Alpha Tauri themed Queen show. <laughs> that sounds amazing. <laughs> I love Queen except I hate yeah. Queen after Freddie Mercury died and I hate yeah. Roger Taylor and uh, Brian May I think they are terrible people and let's never forget that Brian May at the Freddie Mercury tribute concert where his so-called friend died after his so-called friend had died of AIDS sang the song Too Much Love Will Kill You you fucking <laughs> cunt <laughs> 
John Deacon, though, he just fucked off, didn't he? John He's Deacon's my fucking anymore. hero because he literally <laughs> said, I'm, I'm, I'm just, not having any of this. <laughs> fucked off. He just cashes yeah, checks and plays golf. It's awesome. Favourite drink? Tea. If you ever had the Greatest Flicks video collection, they had a little profile of each member at the start, and it was like, Freddie Mercury, favourite drink, champagne. John Deacon, favourite drink, tea. <laughs> I'm genuinely a man huge Queen fan. Sorry. And now, the man of the match of driving. Esteban Ocon. Oscar Piastri. George Russell. And now it's time for the State of F1 with Terry Saunders. I've always advocated for violence in F1, fights and punches and a bit of flair. And with the return of Big Brother, I would like to remind you all that my idea to make them all live in a 24-7 film Big Brother style house throughout the season could really help expose their weaknesses. Basically, I really want to make the drivers suffer both physically and emotionally. But in this echo chamber age of social media and everyone just digging into their own opinions, I'm happy to be adult enough to say that after the events of the Qatar Grand Prix, I was very wrong. As really, I wasn't ambitious enough. <laughs> the cars are too reliable these days, and most races end as you'd expect. So Qatar proved the weakest link of F1 is clearly the driver's emotional and physical well-being. And even though I'm sure Logan Sargent felt very, very ill, it was nevertheless quite entertaining to see him, easily the worst driver on the grid, also be the weakest, QN Robinson. <laughs> Ocon threw up in his helmet, Alonso got his bum burnt, and Lance Stroll says he was passing out in the corners. And although I don't want any harm to come to the drivers, this was great. Let's face it, with social media, Netflix and F1 games, the drivers don't seem like real people anymore, but more like avatars and brands. So therefore, I feel fine wishing them a modicum of harm. Don't worry, I have a solution. So I think in the next 2026 rule change, there can be a few more things to spice up the races. One, fill one driver's water bottle with salty water. Two, finally use F1 car radiators for their intended purpose of keeping their bums warm. And if Max Verstappen is a minute ahead, turn up the heat. Three, redesign the helmet so there's a receptacle area with a gauge for how much sick has been ejected. Amazon can use it to make a nice graphic, and whoever hurls the most and still finishes the race gets a point. And number four, be Sergio Perez. That's got to be the toughest of all. The end. That's it from us. It's goodbye to Phil Tromans. Goodbye. We haven't had time to talk about uh, the latest driver to drive in a practice session this week, who was Ollie Behrman, who is not a bear or a man. No, wait, he is a man. And that's why Remember he wasn't doing the podcast this week. And to Terry Saunders. Uh, we haven't had time to talk about the cool-down room, where, which was basically like three school kids sniggering in detention. And then at one point, what did Max Verstappen say? He's, someone said something about Lewis and Russell crashing. And he said, we call that a dirty tango. <laughs> Wasn't that the name of one of Sebastian Vettel's cars? I don't know. But it's like, when he says we, does he mean him and his dad? And if that is, I don't want to know what a dirty tango is. <laughs> but we haven't got time to talk about it. We'll be back in a minute to discuss the United States Grand Prix 2 electric boogaloo in Austin. In the meantime, check out our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash for f one sake, And follow us on Twitter at for f one sake. Terry, where can people buy merch? FF1S.com forward slash shop, 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 but three. Thanks for listening. Once again, I've been Drew Stern. Goodbye. Goodbye. Thank you, Drew. Bye, 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 bye.
Thanks, Drew. Bye. Sports Social Podcast Network. So, retrospectors, what historical events are we ticking off on this week's run of Today in History? Well, on Monday, it's the anniversary of kids' classic, The Very Hungry Caterpillar. On Tuesday, how Rockford became the cheese of kings. On Wednesday, we meet the Jobs and Wozniak of the 1800s. On Thursday, the history of the YMCA, from the City of London to the village people. And on Friday, the edgy musical that made Greece the word. We discuss this and more on Today in History with the Retrospectors. Ten minutes each weekday, wherever you get your podcasts.